We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're on the Blue Wire Network. We're brought to you by Brooklinen. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. I'm here as always with Jason Pat. We're talking about the Bulls' first game out of the All-Star break. It is a very disappointing 127 105 loss to a Philadelphia 76ers team that was playing without their two stars, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. This is a game the Bulls were favored to win by, I think, three and a half points. It seemed like a pretty low line for the Bulls, considering the Sixers were without their two best players. But the Bulls just got smoked in this game. They allowed 30 points or more in every single quarter. They made Dwight Howard look like he was back in Orlando. Uh, they could not get a defensive stop to save their life. And it came on a night when the Sixers only went 10 to 33 from three point range. The Bulls, meanwhile, hit 14 to 29 from three. So the Bulls shoot 48% from behind the arc. Uh, you know, offensively, there were some real highlights in this game. Uh, this was the game that Lowry Markinen and Otto Porter Jr. both returned to the Bulls lineup after both players missed pretty much all of February. We were wondering how those guys would look uh, when they got back in the mix. And, you know, I think it was a mixed bag for sure. Markinen, maybe one of his best shooting games of his NBA career, goes 8 of 11 from the floor, 7 of 7 from 3, finishes with 23 points. But I don't even think he was a net positive on the floor, Jason. I mean, his defense was absolutely brutal. He was dying on screens every single time, cannot fight over anything. Uh, and as soon as he gets hit, it's like he's not someone who's going to be able to like contest a shot from behind. He's not going to like get back in the play. Uh his defense, I thought, was brutal, both on the perimeter, on the interior. I thought that he really sort of handicapped the Bulls defensively. Then you had Otto. He played 18 <laughs> minutes. He shot one of six. He hit a one. He hit one three. Uh, I thought that he had some really cringeworthy moments, but there were also some plays where you know you could just see the the sort of the archetype that he is is like a pure three and D guy can be very helpful for this team and for any team, uh, but. He didn't look like he was in shape. I think that, you know, I said before the game, I was doing a locker room conversation with Jackson Frank, who uh, writes about the Sixers. And 
uh, I said that I don't expect Otto to be playing more than like 20, 25 minutes a game the rest of the year. He plays 18 in this one. Uh, in general, the Bulls just got absolutely smoked. The starters were all uh, abysmal again in terms of their plus minus, uh, besides for Pat, who got uh, in 32 minutes, he was a zero. Of course, single game plus minus is noisy, but uh, he was the only guy who wasn't uh, you know, in the minus double digits in the starting lineup. So yeah, Dwight looked like he was he was Orlando Dwight today. I said it in the group chat early in the game. I'm like, what has gotten into Dwight? He had a couple super athletic finishes above the rim on alley oops. Dwight ends with 18 and 12 on eight of 12 shooting. Uh, I mean, just a really poor defensive performance from the Bulls. Uh, the Bulls dropped to 16 and 19, and uh, yeah, that was a frustrating game to watch, man. Yeah, I mean, just almost everything was bad. Like, outside of Lowry hitting the seven threes, all seven of his threes, which, like you said, though, like, giving it all back on the other end, Tobias Harris was crushing him. Tobias got off to a slow start and then wound up with 24 on 8 of 15. I think after missing his first five shots, so he just completely, like, just took over. And especially in that third quarter when the Bulls just couldn't get any stops with that starting group, just absolutely awful. I mean, Tony Bradley won seven of seven. Just uh, it looked like he was Joel Embiid out there against Wendell Carter Jr., who had a really just an awful game. Uh, I know he had eight. I know it says he had eight and nine, but he had some bad fouls. Only three of eight. He only played fifteen minutes. Just like a, just a really. I mean, obviously, after getting smoked by by for fifty points by Embiid earlier this year, you're like, okay, no, Joel Embiid. Maybe Wendell Carter will come out and have a nice game. I think he had the first basket. Uh, but he was just absolutely awful to get badly outplayed by Tony Bradley, who doesn't play much at all. I mean, that's just brutal. This is one of Zach's worst games of the year. 19.7 of 16 from the field, one of five from three, four turnovers. Did have seven assists, but I just feel like he wasn't really there. He was passive to start. Just was never really there all game long. And I, Matisse Thibel, great defender. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he, had, he had four steals in the first quarter. The Bulls had like seven or eight turnovers in that first quarter. Clearly sloppy and rusty. Thibel also had three three-pointers. Not really known as a big shooter, but just huge imprint on the game for him. You mentioned Dwight Howard, just like dunking, going Superman all over them. Just, and he also missed a few dunks. He could have had an even better game. He had 18 and 12 on 8 of 12 shooting. He missed at least one dunk. I think he missed like another layup on the back. Like he could have had an even bigger game. Just no paint protection at all. I think they had 76 points in the paint. It was either 76 or 78. I saw some. I, I saw our guy Jeff Mangerton tweet seventy six, like right towards the end of the game. I'm not sure if they got another one because I stopped watching that last couple minutes. But like, yeah, just no rim protection at all. Like, and when the game really got out of hand early in that fourth quarter, they Donovan tried to go to like a like a he took Thad out, who Thad Young kept them in the game in the third quarter. He tried to go with like a I think a Lowry Luke Cornett front court at one point in like the early in the fourth quarter to try to like just spread the floor, get Dwight out from inside the paint. Uh, and that was just a complete disaster. Uh, just still, even with two seven footers out there, they couldn't protect the paint at all. That's not on just. That's not just on the the guys down low. I mean, the dribble penetration, guard defense was just terrible. Allowing like Shake Milton to get in the paint at will. Uh, I mentioned Tobias Harris already. So yeah, I mean, just an all around just dog shit performance. It was just kind of like a read play of op- opening night against the Hawks when we did one of these locker room things. Apparently, the Bulls just tend to stink when we do these a lot of times but like just the the bad effort the sloppy play and so to lose by 22 i know the sixers are like i mean they're whatever tops in the east but it's not like they've been a good team without when mb doesn't play i think they've had a pretty terrible record this year he's an mvp candidate for a reason so to lose by 22 without mb and without simmons and to get rocked by dwight howard and freaking cork muskets Somebody asking her, who is Korkmaz? Just let anybody get buckets. He had 16 points, 7 of 14 shooting. 
that's even without him shooting well from three. Like he was getting into the lane at will and like getting buckets. So when you're giving up that kind of dribble penetration to a team that did not have, does not have Ben Simmons, does not has doesn't really have like a high level initiator creator, and you're letting these guys just absolutely go off on you. That's you just it's brutal. It's a terrible way to start the second half. After it's so much that we talk about in our last podcast with Haley and Jordan and with Casey as well, like talking about how the Bulls have been. It's been nice to see them be competitive in all these games and like are they back. Uh, and all of that, and it's just, and they come out and they they get their ass beat, and they they basically aren't competitive in this game. Uh, yeah, my guy Chris here, betting the I definitely did bet the Bulls as part of a parlay, and that of course came back to bite me because I'm pretty sure I won the other. I'm pretty sure I won the other three legs as long as Miami did win. It was the Hornets won? The Heat did win. Jimmy had a huge game tonight, I think, and the Bulls are playing the Heat tomorrow, 27, 11, and eight. Uh, and then the other one was I can't remember what the other one was. Oh, that's Warriors. Clippers is the other one, but of course the Bulls ruin it. Uh, so yeah, just a complete dog shit performance. It's really disheartening coming out of the break after just a lot of the good vibes going into the all-star break. Yeah. What happened with Wendell Carter in this game? He ends the night with 15 minutes uh, total played. He had three fouls in the second quarter and yeah, he was not good early in this game. I didn't, I thought he was way too tentative in terms of like looking for his own offense ends the night with, Eight points, nine rebounds on three of eight shooting. Uh, he did have two blocks, two turnovers, minus 13. Uh, but, like, why wasn't Carter playing more? I feel like Carter's got to be out there regardless. Uh, maybe not, he didn't get hurt or anything, did he? I don't think so. Yeah, so I guess Donovan just felt like he wasn't effective in this I game. Feel, I feel I like th- the rotations were just kind of weird. Just look at all these – with all the guys back, I mean, they – they were going like 11 deep. They had, I know when Carter got in foul trouble, like they tried Gafford. Uh, I mean, Thad only played 17 minutes tonight. Um, like, and it was just, I think it was just, it seemed like a lot of experimentation just with the, with the guys coming back, trying to figure out what was working. Obviously not much was working at all. So it was just definitely just kind of a weird night in general with the, with the whole thing. Yeah. And you know, just the total lack of like, any sort of paint protection is a major, major problem for this team. And, you know, I said on the pregame pod I did with Jackson Frank, he asked me, like, who do you consider in the Bulls' young core? And I said the most disappointing thing about this season is that no one out of the Wendell, Lowry, Kobe group has sort of, like, claimed their position moving forward. Like, Wendell has not claimed the starting center spot for the next five to seven years. Lowry, we still don't know what's going to happen with him. Uh, he has had the best year of his career offensively. You don't want to judge him too harshly on his first game back after he missed more than a month. But, of course, he's had his, a lot of the same problems as always. He's not able to stay on the floor. He's brutal defensively. Uh, Kobe, I thought, played pretty well in the first half of this game. He ends the night with 18 points, hit 4-7 from 3. Uh, my take on Kobe White is that I do not want Kobe White trying to solve a problem when the answer isn't run as fast as you can and shoot the first open three you can get a look at because he's just like constantly getting himself into bad situations when he's the point guard still really struggles to read the floor but what he's really good at is just getting up shots at a high volume he is a good shooter he's not a great shooter uh he reminds me a little bit of ben gordon really and i was looking up ben gordon's stats uh thinking about tweeting about that uh comparison and ben gordon was over 40 percent from three his first like six or seven years basically yep. with bulls and uh kobe he's at 35 percent, still really good for a guy who just turned 21 a couple of weeks ago but uh you know i think his transition to point guard been one of the biggest storylines of the season it's been really rough and yeah i think 
you know, every the Bulls season has really swung back and forth between positive vibes and negative vibes. Certainly, this is one of the most disappointing games of the year. You would like to see them, uh, you know, come out of the All-Star break, rested, rejuvenated, getting a couple key pieces back, make a push towards, uh, you know, the top half of the Eastern Conference playoff standings or at least you know trying to get up to that sixth seed i should say to avoid the play-in tournament uh, there's definitely an opportunity for that level of upward mobility in the east right now but uh, this is the type of game where you watch it and you're like all right sell fad sell everyone like this, <laughs> this team just doesn't have enough juice so uh yeah bulls lose they fall to 16 and 19 on the year and uh this this was a uh, really fresh yeah i mean and the east obviously is still just like such a joke i mean Looking at the standings again, even after tonight, uh, the Knicks got their ass beat by the Bucks. Uh, the Celtics lost the Nets, who still don't have KD. Uh, and that was with Marcus Smart back. I know that they're, uh, he was on a minute's limit, I'm sure. I didn't have a look at their box score yet, but the Heat are back up to the fifth seed now after they started the year's disaster. With, with Jimmy, they've been really good. So obviously tomorrow is going to be a really tough game. Uh, I mean, the Hornets are seven at 18 and 18. The Hawks are now back in the eighth seed at 17 and 20. The Raptors lost again tonight. Tony, our guy, Tony Snell, Game-winning buzzer-beater three-pointer to to send the Hawks to a victory over over the Raptors. Uh, the Bulls right now are in what are they eleventh now, tied with the Pacers, basically for the la- for that last spot. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, the Eastern Conference is such a fucking joke. Or it's just, you just like a few games here and there, and you just like move up and down these standings. And I mean, it's still just like totally up for grabs, even like all the way up to four. Like you assume the Heat will continue winning, probably. You would think the Celtics will maybe get it together at some point. Obviously, you can't really blame them for a loss at the Nets, but like they've just been weird all season. Like all these teams have just been so weird. Whereas that's why the Bulls, like it, they are in such a just a weird spot with this whole trade deadline coming up in two weeks away. We're exactly two weeks away from the trade deadline now on March 25th. Uh, and we we obviously talked about the Thad Young, and Thad Young was I know he was he wasn't a positive and plus minus today, but like. We saw his impact again today uh, in that third quarter when the Bulls were like trying to stay in it. He was really good. He fit. He had fourteen and eight, four offensive rebounds, two more assists, two more blocks, and, and only seventeen minutes. And he like kept the Bulls in the game. I know he had a, a few lucky baskets there, but uh, so, yeah. So like you, you do you, this these next couple games. Like if they lose again tomorrow, they play the Raptors on Sunday. Like if they do have a few more ugly performances here, like you do wonder if that will if that will influence what they do at the trade deadline, if they do look to trade Thad, because with the recent, the re- most recent reports we've seen, it's like, they don't want to trade him. They don't want to trade him. They want to hold on to him. Uh, and like, I, I get it. I mean, he's been great for them on the court. He's been great for them in the locker room. We've talked about this a ton, but uh, I mean, you still have to have to consider like, if this team is looks like crap with all these guys, like, do you really want to make like that ill fated run? Who knows? I mean, you obviously want to get something really good for him. And again, we've talked about this a ton, but he certainly probably should not be like totally off limits. Like, some of the reports. I mean, you figure that's like leverage stuff and that kind of stuff leaks all the time around the trade. And like, Oh, we're not trading this guy, blah, blah, blah. And then a guy ends up getting traded anyways. But uh, like a, a game like tonight, it, like you said, it makes you think, well, this team fucking stinks. Like go trade everybody right now. But uh, yeah. Uh, let's look ahead at the schedule. Cause we should wrap this up pretty soon. I don't have too much more to add about this game. Uh, if you have any final thoughts, we can get to those, but I just want to do a quick look ahead. Miami on Friday, Toronto on Sunday, Thunder on Tuesday. Those are all home games. They got another home game on Wednesday against San Antonio. Uh, So, you know, four home games, uh, five straight home games coming out of the break. And 
you know, how many of those five can they win? Because they're already 0-1. It's going to be tough for them to beat Miami. Toronto's been playing better lately. You think they would be able to beat Oklahoma City. And then San Antonio's been a good team the whole year, too. I mean, they're over 500, but uh, they had a really soft schedule in the first half, and they... Uh, they're, they're just going to have to play at really hectic second-half schedule. So the San Antonio game should be interesting. But, yeah, it definitely feels like the Bulls are sort of on shaky ground, I think, you know, throughout the rest of March. We'll see if they are able to, like, keep their nose in this play-in tournament race. I don't think that that is a ton to ask just because the conference is so bad. But, yeah, second half of the schedule, as we've been talking about, looks tough. We thought maybe the Bulls caught another break in this game without uh, Simmons and Embiid playing, but uh, they totally dropped the ball and they get completely smoked. So, uh, you know, tough stretch for the Bulls coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, the Heat, like I mentioned, the Heat have been playing much better. Jimmy has been. I, I haven't. I need to look at the record without Jimmy or with Jimmy. It's just a huge one. He missed. Jimmy missed a ton of time with COVID. I think he lost like a ton of weight. And basically, ever since he came back, like he, I mean, he's been playing at just his classic All Star level, putting up triple doubles on the regular. He's averaging like twenty one eight and eight this season. Just an. He's still obviously one of the best players in the league. Uh, I mean, you would hope with Jimmy coming to town, obviously they're not a lot of the guys on this team that probably doesn't mean as much anymore. But I mean, a guy like Zach, after a game like tonight uh, with Zach playing so poorly, you would think he would come out maybe a bit more aggressively tomorrow against Jimmy, considering they were in the trade for for each other. Like you would at least hope so. Uh, just given, especially just to, to bounce back after a game like tonight. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see it. Like you said, definitely, definitely possibly teetering. I don't want to overreact. We, we went crazy after that first loss of the season when they got their ass beat by the Hawks and they were able to level out there a bit. I, I, like, I will cut them some slack because they were working these guys back in and Otto did look terrible. Uh, Lowry, I mean, Lowry is kind of what he is at this point. Like he's either flaming threes or he's a, he's a total, total bust, but, uh, still clearly just like, they were just kind of a mess from the start, just rusty, sloppy. The effort wasn't there. The focus was bad. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you hope just like they put this one aside, burn the tape, just whatever. And uh, we'll we'll see about that. Uh, do any of our listeners here in our room, I see VJ came on, our guy, uh, VJ from Bloggable, I'm pretty sure this is. Uh, any of our listeners want to come up, make a comment, have a question for us today? Feel yeah, the way, the way that I said we should do this is like a sports talk radio show. So yeah. if anyone jump on for 60 seconds you're happy to if you don't want to that is cool too uh yeah i think that march madness around the corner this is typically the time in the nba calendar where i like take a step back and normally focus on college hoops just because that's my job responsibilities but the bulls being able to play like four more games yeah four more games before the tournament starts uh it's gonna be interesting to see where this team is uh you know just even by the time the tournament starts so we'll see absolutely um vj just said this one night from wendell no yes yeah we talked about that before you came in vj vj if you want to you want to speak if you want to request i can also bring you on if you want to here shade please yes or no you can request it please do if not just shoot me down. <laughs> always want to always welcome to have more people talk up here with us, but uh, there we go. Here he comes. BJ, what up? What's up? Can you guys hear me? Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was just, I was going to ask about Wendell mostly, but like it was, yeah, it was a rough game. I would say like they kind of didn't start out well and then they sort of got not. back into it, got back into it. But then like 
that third quarter. I think that third quarter really took him out. I don't know. I'm just really disappointed in this game, I think, because yeah. like there's no Simmons, no Embiid, and you still give up 78 points in the paint. Uh, it's just a rough look. Um, I mean, Philly's, Philly's pretty good. Got to give him credit. But like, I don't know. These are the type of games where, I don't know, just disappointed in Chicago because like they're able to beat up on bad teams on like last year. Um, but like just losing these types of games sort of show that like they're still not like one of the top yeah. like seven teams in the East. So I was going to ask more. So like uh, your guys thoughts on like Pat Will tonight. Cause like he sort of only had like four points and he played 32 minutes. Uh, they, I think Billy from out at the end with like a bunch of the subs, but yeah, I just want to get your thoughts on Pat Will tonight. Thanks. Uh, yeah. I guess one thing we haven't mentioned yet that was at least kind of a positive besides uh, basically Lowry's three-point shooting was they did we they did show some stuff with Pat Williams playing a little like lead guard with some pick-and-roll stuff. He did have four assists. Uh, I can't remember what quarter it was in, but they basically ran the same play. I think it was Pat Will, uh, Zach, pick-and-roll, like back-to-back plays. It was like the same play both mm-hmm. times, and it got yeah. Wendell an open open shot both times. One of them Wendell biffed because Thibault contested even though he should have made it anyways or going up going up stronger and ducked it or something but two plays in a row like pat looked pretty comfortable running a little pick and roll stuff and obviously billy isn't gonna like throw a lot of that kind of stuff at him right uh like just like all at once but like to give him some of those opportunities in there i thought that was really nice to see to have those four assists because that's not really something we've seen so far this year out of pat will so i think getting that opportunity was at least one like out of a complete dog shit game at least uh, some of that that playmaking flash was nice to see from Patrick Williams. Uh, Ricky, do you have any other thoughts about what you saw from Pat tonight? Any if your thoughts on that that playmaking stuff? I feel like, I feel like I saw you tweeting about it too. Yeah, I mentioned it in the group chat as soon as he ran the first pick and roll. I'm like, Pat will run in a pick and roll. Let's do this again. And then he ran one again on the very next possession. Uh, I think the Bulls got like two points out of those two possessions, but uh, you know, it was it was not really a notable game for Pat in any. Uh, in any way, I would like to see Pat uh, a little bit more trigger happy as a shooter from three point range. I think that, you know, he's mostly in his bag when he can pound the ball twice on the floor and pull up from mid range. Uh, we need to get Pat's confidence up from three. So that's something I would like to see on spot ups, like on catch and shoot threes. Uh, I think that that could be a big thing for his game moving forward, just like how good and how proficient is he going to be on catch-and-shoot three? So that's something I'm sort of looking for out of Pat moving forward. But uh, in general, I think the Bulls should absolutely be trying to flush out his dribble-pass-shoot skill set. You know, like, any sort of creation ability he offers is where his upside is. Uh, So if you want to really, like, tap into him as the fourth overall pick in the draft and get the most out of him you possibly can, I think uh, he's going to have to operate with the ball in his hands uh, occasionally. So... Uh, that's just something I'd be looking at with Pat moving forward. Absolutely. BJ, got anything else? You good here? Uh, yeah, just one more. I think I, yep. on like the Pat Wilth stuff, like I think I really like that like Donovan's is like giving him a chance to like do yep. these type of things because I think like, I don't know, like with Jim Boylan, obviously like he tried like these weird things, but they just w- clearly weren't like things to like get guys better, like having Thad Young stand in the corner. So yeah, like you <laughs> said, like, I don't know, reading like all like the pre-draft stuff, everyone was like, everyone was loving like the fact that Pat Will like showed this potential to be, like a ball handler and like i think i like it because like even in these you know like these games against good teams you got to see like what he's got and uh yeah i mean that's to- that's that's all i got it was just a disappointing loss they didn't really look in 
in the game at all in the second half. But yeah, thanks for having me on. I mean, yeah, it was basically from the start. They weren't into it. Like they, they hit a bunch of threes in the second quarter to stay in mm-hmm. it. But besides, yeah. besides that, like they were bad to start. Third quarter, they weren't able to make a run. And then that start of the fourth quarter, once that came out of the game, it just went to total shit. So yeah, it was just kind of just not almost non-competitive almost the entire game. And that's something that they've avoided even when they've had these slow starts all season with this young starting lineup. They've, we've seen it all year. And then the bench will come in and they turn the game around. And they kind of, I guess they kind of did that. They did get it close. I think they tied the game at one point, but then they finished the second quarter bad. And then it just went to hell in that second half, which is absolutely awful. So yeah, very disappointing. VJ, thank you for joining us here real thank quickly. You Yep, take it easy, man. Uh, Chris or Gavin, you have any any takes here? Okay. Sorry, that was about. Did you mean to yeah. request again? That was an accident. My bad. <laughs> okay, all, all good. Take it easy, man. <laughs> Thank you. Chris or Gavin, any any takes? Otherwise, I think we're gonna wrap it up here. Yeah, no need to force it. We can. Yeah. We can wrap it up. The tank my, my guy Chris has got nothing. Ricky, yeah, this is uh, this is your your good friend Chris that uh, tried to beat your ass for talking shit about Illinois that one time like five six years ago. <laughs> that was like ten years ago. <laughs> it was the D Rose three point night, I think, against the Cavs. I think it was that night. Hey, I wrote a big feature on Io Desumu today. I don't you know did. if anyone saw that. I talked to Io. I talked to his dad. I talked to his high school coach Nick Irvin. So uh, I did a big thing on Io today. Uh, I'm excited for Illinois, man. Yeah. We'll see. Like, can they go on a run here? I think maybe, you know, I really wish they still had Griffin. I know, yeah, he's been really good. Alan Griffin's been great for uh, for Syracuse. So, yeah, we'll see. We got uh, that to look forward to, but I think we're good here, Jace. We don't need to uh, stretch on too long. Yeah, so. I was going to say, I, like, I, I, I feel like it might come down to, like, whether like those freshmen can step up. I don't want to go too long. I've seen Illinois basketball here, but, like, Curbelo and – Adam Miller. If they can get one of those, like I mean, obviously Trent's been really solid. But if they get that like third guy to go with, I, I, totally. that would be great. Uh, I also I'll plug the Thad Young thing I did today. Uh, I was able to have a quick email exchange with him about uh, for Forbes. He inv- he just did an investment with uh, in a, he was an angel investor with a company called uh, I think it's True Fan something like that. Uh, just a quick email back and forth with him. You go check that out at Forbes. He had some good. He just had some really good quotes uh, about just the Bulls about his. Uh, just the season he's having about the trade deadline coming up and just how he's focusing on the team and how he's, and just his leadership and how Billy Donovan has entrusted this team and entrusted him this season, how that's really just kind of exploited his skill set and really helped him become just his having one of the best seasons of his career at the age of 32 and like the 14th year in the league. So go, please go check that out uh, over at Forbes.com. It's on that young, uh, good dude that. And obviously he was, uh, had really another a good game today, kept him in it for a bit, then fell apart. Um, but that'll, that'll, that'll do it uh, for us here at Cash Considerations, HR Bulls Podcast. Disappointing game out of the break against the Sixers again. Uh, hopefully that they will bounce back against Jimmy Butler and Miami Heat on Friday night. Uh, as always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. Go check out the other podcasts we did earlier this week. Uh, first, we did with Spinsters, great new Blue Wire podcast with Haley O'Shaughnessy and Jordan Liggins. We also had KC on earlier this week as well. Obviously, some of that's outdated now. But still, Casey, plenty of stuff on the trade deadline, on the future, and all that kind of good stuff. So please go check out uh, those pods we did earlier this week. And go check out all the other great pods across the network, of course. Uh, please rate and review us. Subscribe. Let us know how we're doing. You know where to find us on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore J. Ricky's at, at SBN underscore Ricky. Uh, so we will be back probably sometime next week. Uh, obviously, they got the Bulls got a couple games coming up here. The schedule's going to be crazy here. Ricky, like you mentioned, we got March Madness. we got tons of Bulls games with this crazy second half of the season. So a lot of basketball going on. So we will talk to you guys next time and have a good one.